Welcome to the Food for Your Soul podcast, where we apply the Word of God to the hearts of men and women to stoke the fires of your delight in Christ. Here's your host, Dr. D. Richard Ferguson. We're studying the Q&A that followed the message on James 4, 11 and 12, and there were three questions. First, do all these principles about judging apply when the person is an unbeliever? Number two, it's wrong to assume someone has bad motives, but what if you suspect they have bad motives? What should you do? And number three, when your soul turns against someone, that usually happens as a result of many, many times when they've hurt you. How do you avoid letting your soul turn against someone over time? Okay, so this is talking about believers. How about unbelievers? How do we deal with uh, non-Christians when it comes to this area of judgmentalism? I would say that with unbelievers, it's different. The kind of love that you have for an unbeliever is not the same as the family love we have within the church. But it's still love. And so all the wrong kinds of judgments are still wrong. There's, no, there's none of those six forms of, of improper judgment are permissible, even with unbelievers. Now, we can judge them to be unbelievers if they don't proclaim the gospel, right? If they, if they deny the gospel, then we can say, you're lost. If they say, well, I'm doing this sin, we can say, that's sin. If they say, I'm not repentant, we can say, then you're, you're not forgiven. So we can say the things that the Bible says. We can pass along God's judgments. We're not being judgmental if we say, um, you know, somebody, some, some politicians say, well, I believe that all religions point the same way, and, and they all, every, every person in every religion will go to heaven. Somebody says that, and I can say, that politician is lost. He's lost. And I'm not being judgmental. I'm just reporting what God's word said about his own words. But if someone comes to me, and even if it's an unbeliever, and he says, here was my motive, then I say, I, I, I accept that. I accept that that was your motive. Okay? Here's what the Bible says. If, if, you, if you suspect that they have a bad motive, you can say, here's something for you to consider. You know, sometimes we trick ourselves with our motives, and here's something you consider. You just, you just, just consider maybe your motive was this, and, and, and think about that, and whatever. But we can't assume it. We can't assume that, even with a non-believer. So I would say this, it, it, still, it still applies. Okay, so, so Jesus said, watch out for the wolves. You'll know them by their fruit. Make sure you can spot them. Obviously, we've got to spot them. That's a judgment. How do we do that without assuming motives? Well, we have to only go by their actions and their words. So if they are doing what the guys in Titus 1 did, they're ruining whole households by teaching certain things, or they're causing disunity in the church by disrupting things and saying unbiblical things, we can point to that and say, that is wolf-like behavior. You're behaving like a wolf. See, when you call someone a wolf, you're not making an assessment of the kind of heart they have. You're making an assessment of what they're doing, their actions. And you can say, that those actions are wolf-like. You need to repent of that. You know, or we need to steer clear of you. Uh, but you don't have to. You don't have to discern why they're doing it. Just that they're doing it. Yeah. When you be, when you turn to the point, what, he, what Tim said there is being against somebody. It's not just an issue of you see them do one thing and then suddenly you're against them. It's it's a process, isn't it? They do th- this thing, then that thing, then that, and each one just chips away a little bit at your love, and then your your love drops a little notch. 
a little notch. And then over time, all of a sudden now, I'm just like the whole, my whole soul is just sort of against that person. And I don't even know when it happened. Because I used to love them. And now I don't. And, I, and, and I'm not sure where it happened. It's a slow decline most of the time. Unless it's one of those cases where they just do some huge thing and really hurt you. But, but very often it's a slow decline. And, and that's why we've got to be so alert to those little little moments when our love just notches down a little bit. We can't take that lightly, right? Because if that keeps going, where does it end? It's hard. You know how hard it is, right? When you get to that point and you are against that person and you realize it, you try to repent of it, you say, I need to be for that person, I need to love that person, and i gotta lo- I got to climb all the way back up this whole mountain. It's, it's hard to do. It's hard to move your heart. So we need to guard our hearts not to slide down there. So how do you keep from letting it chip away? You keep showing mercy and they keep taking advantage of that. How do you keep from, from that sliding into resentment and bitterness? I think it's a complex of things. First, you always remind yourself, every time you're tempted to be a little irritated at what they did, you remind yourself, okay, they're sinning, I sin. You know, They need patience, I need patience. And maybe I'm not doing the same thing they're doing, but I'm doing other stuff. And I... and. And, and, and keep that in mind, number one. Number two, if it's significant enough to where no matter how hard you try to keep loving them, it's next to impossible because of what they keep doing, then that's the point where it might be worth talking to them about it and actually showing them their fault in Scripture and just doing what Matthew 18 says and say, here's, here's what the Bible says, here's what you're doing. It's unbiblical, it's, it's, it's sinful. You need to repent of this. I don't want to see you mess up your own spiritual life and, and alienate yourself from God by you continuing to do this sin. So, so I'm calling you to repentance. And you, you work to restore them through showing them from God's word their fault. And then if they don't respond, then you bring one or two brothers and, and the rest of the Matthew 18 passes. Thank you for listening. If you found today's episode edifying, why not share it with a friend? This season of the Food for Your Soul podcast features excerpts from our sermon series on the book of James. 50 expository sermons covering every verse. You can find those and hundreds of other sermons for free download on drichardferguson.com. And if you like listening on your phone, get our free mobile app. Install the Church One app from the Play Store and select Food for Your Soul. Until next time, rejoice in the Lord always and set your mind on things above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God.